Hello, my diamonds. Welcome to episode 50. I feel like this is a landmark of sorts. My name is Sabrina Victoria. The weekend is among us. I have some amazing plans this weekend I am so excited about. But today I had a little bit of an epiphany and I kind of wanted to share it with you guys. Um, it has to do with past experiences and how it alters our present life. So let's dissect this a bit. Join me. She has no business giving advice because all the so-called social norms are against her. But she's here in your world to give her slightly biased, in-your-face opinion on how she thinks you could human better. Follow now to catch all their inspirational words on life, business, love, and learning to empower yourself. And now, your host, Sabrina Victoria. Hello, my diamonds. It is 9.36 p.m. Thursday, April 12th. I hope everyone is doing fantastic. The weekend is upon us. I am actually heading up tomorrow to go see my sister in Maryland over the weekend uh, with my son. I am so excited, uh, which is why I was not able to put up the podcast last night because I was running around and worked extra time in order to make sure I got everything done before I left because the main business or company that I run is pretty much dependent on myself. Um, so just kind of want to make sure I had all the ends tied uh, before I uh, left. So it is today was probably one of the most beautiful days in Florida in so long. Um, it was 77 degrees for majority of the day. It was sunny. It wasn't like hot though. A lot of times in Florida, for those of you that live in Florida, you know, it's kind of jungly-ish, <laughs> like, like humid and hot and kind of wet. Uh, I kind of wish I would have straightened my hair today because today would have been a good day. My, um, I do actually have to go up and see my hair person soon because my grays are getting a little out of hand. It's kind of funny because I thought, you know, as I was, um, and who knows, maybe it did, but I thought when I was younger, as long as I ate healthy and exercised and ate clean, that I would never get gray hairs and never get wrinkles. <laughs> and that just is not the case. However, who knows though, right? Like maybe I have less grays than I normally would have. Who knows? That's kind of like one of the things that I always am like conscious of. And one of the reasons why I'm really healthy is because I don't ever want to look back and think to myself, oh, what if I would have eaten healthier? What if I wouldn't have eaten Oreos every day? What if I, you know, wouldn't have drink caffeine or smoked or done drugs or you know so I always wanted to live healthy and clean in order to not have regrets I don't like having regrets and I don't like having what ifs like what if I would have done it this way or what if I would have done it that way I like to make good decisions and I like to um, research stuff and think 
before I do stuff so that I know that I'm making good decisions um, that are going to be good for my future. But anyways, I had an interesting, um, not really interesting, but I, so this morning when I was getting ready, I was doing my makeup. And I decided to do like brown undertones, like tans and browns for my eyeshadow, which I don't normally do. Um, I usually do green because I have olive skin and sometimes I do purples, like shades of purple. But anyways, I did brown and it looked so pretty. I was thinking um, I should wear brown today. And I went into my closet and I don't have anything that's brown. <laughs> Like nothing that's brown. Um, the few things that I was able to pick out uh, is what created my outfit. It was a skirt, a shirt, and a um, sweater. Well, not really a sweater. It was like a lace suit jacket with a pair of brown shoes, uh, high heels. And um, I don't know. I, I don't really have too much brown stuff. And Every time this, and this sounds crazy, and this is what I want to talk about. Every time I wear brown, which obviously is not very often, I always think back to fourth and, and fifth grade, um, right around in that era. I don't know when exactly it happened, but I just did a Snapchat about this this morning because um, I put on my brown outfit with my brown shoes, and I went to do a Snapchat of the off, you know, the the outfit of the day. And I was like, man, brown looks so good on me, but I don't wear it ever. And I know why I don't wear it. I always think back to fourth or fifth grade at some point. Uh, there was a girl who kind of like snarky or sarcastically said, why do you always wear brown? Why are you always wearing brown? You always wear so much brown. And she was somewhat of like one of the cool kids. I was never a cool kid. I was super, super shy in school. And I kind of took offense. Um, like my feelings were hurt. And never wore brown again after that <laughs> for like my entire school career. Um, and if I did, it was rarely. Um, at that point, especially probably the rest of elementary school, I took out everything brown in my wardrobe which was the majority of my clothes because my mom always said I looked wonderful in brown which I do look good in brown it's one of my you know there's certain colors that look good on people brown is one of my colors uh, but I refused to wear anything brown and then any shopping that we did after that date I always shopped for um, anything not brown so if you look at my wardrobe now it's predominantly grays and blacks um, with some green because I love green. Uh, but it, it kind of like made me think, and it's obviously something I think about a lot because, you know, I you know in my, whenever I wear brown, like whenever brown pops up in my attire, I always think back to that day and that girl and her face and how snarky it looked. And I think about how it impacted me. And I think about how just that like one or two sentences altered my future and why <laughs> why did I let this nobody who I didn't know she wasn't my friend uh still not friends with her 
why would I let this complete stranger alter my entire outfit? Like my entire wardrobe, I guess. And you liken it to, you know, I was young and no one wants to feel like they're uncool. No one likes to feel like they're being talked about. You know, I remember that was one thing like, ooh, I wonder if they were talking about the fact that I wear brown all the time. Maybe they're saying I look like a big poop. Maybe they're saying I look like a, a fart. You know, these are the things that would go through my head when I was younger. And I was all self-conscious about it. And, um, you know, I look back at it now and I look at how still at 35 years old, it has impacted my future up to this point. You know, I don't have hardly anything brown in my wardrobe. And it's not that it's heavy. It's not like I'm still so broken up about the brown comment. But I think it just hit me psychologically, like deep down in my inner being, my inner self. Um, I just stay away from the color. You know, when I go shopping, I just don't look at that color. And I kind of did at that point, like today, I made a point that I'm going to, I'm going to start purposely going out looking for brown because I know it looks good on me. And I'm going to try to break that thought process that I kind of just over the years just followed the trend from that day, which is just crazy to me. And it got me to thinking about our past and how there's so many things that we harbor from our past that we let dictate our future. And it's it can be good, but it can also be really, really sad. You know, by looking back with regret or fear or shame or guilt or anger, a lot of times we're projecting forward into our future. And all that negative energy, which then changes what we attract in the future, right? So however we decide to look back at our past, whether it's with negative or with goodness or gratitude, we have to remember that there's lessons to be learned. And that's kind of what I want to touch on today. There are things in my past, um, just through reading and through educating and through classes and a lot of self-help, mindful um, seminars that I've gone to, I have successfully learned to alter my thinking about my childhood, about my parents, about, um, you know, religion and, and, and the certain people that caused me grief within my, uh, religious sect. And I have taken those experiences that I used to hold as a victim as a sad person, as grief stricken. And instead, I have decided, like fully decided to take lessons 
from those experiences and hold them at a high regard and to be thankful that they happened because they have molded me into the individual that I am today, which I am incredibly strong. I am incredibly confident. I am incredibly outgoing. Uh, I get along with predominantly everyone. I can strike up conversations with so many people. I can relate to so many people because of the things that I have endured and because of the things that I have gone through. I have empathy, true empathy for people who um, have endured similar circumstances. And instead of feeling so sad about my situation, I have decided to turn that into something good. And that is something that I really, truly encourage you to do. There is so There are so many things that you as a person have um, endured or gone through in your life that could potentially be life-saving because you're still alive and you're still kicking and you're still brilliant and, and, um, and bright and shiny. And there's someone right now that's gone through similar life experiences as you who is feeling sad and is feeling uh, like they want to give up. And by you being open and honest about things that are going on, a lot of times you can connect with people and give people hope. And that is what I've decided to do with my life. I've decided to take my life experiences Uh, My religious experiences, the fact that I'm a single mom, the fact that I came from, you know, (laughs) horrible, horrible finances in my past. And I have turned that all around and uh, I worked hard. I hustled. I stayed diligent. I worked late. I have created so much goodness for myself, for my life, for my son, so much love And I want other people that have endured similar circumstances as me to know that it is possible to come out on the other side. You know, yourself or your being is essentially just a story. And the story is formed from like selective or imaginative things that you remember from past events or circumstances. Now, not to say imaginative, like, oh, you imagined it, but realistically, you pulled out a story from the circumstance. So for instance, you know, I grew up thinking that my father was harsh and mean and temperamental. And I harbored on that forever, probably all the way up until my 20s. And I harbored a lot of resentment. I harbored a lot of um, anger. And, you know, just through self-development and learning to really dissect my mind and dissect my past and my future, I've come to realize that my dad was amazing. The stories that I decided to pull out from my um, childhood 
were ones where he was a little angry or ones where he was a little temperamental or ones where he had um, screamed or yelled or whatever it was. Why I decided to pull those circumstances out, I haven't really discovered that yet. I haven't discovered why I decided to to take that story and make that true. I want to say that it's because they were so impactful because they were loud, right? A lot of times we resonate with things that are loud. That's why people go to concerts. That's why people go to, you know, think, you know, auditoriums and and baseball and you want to be there in the action because it's loud and it's fun and there's a lot of energy. So in my, and you remember it more when you actually go versus seeing it on the TV because of all the energy and the vibes and the vibrations and the loudness. So I feel as if those, um, time lapses stuck with me because of the vibrations and the volume that he would speak in. So I'm naturally a very calm, balanced individual. So I kind of get triggered by loudness and it doesn't trigger me necessarily in a good way. It triggers me in a bad way. And the other thing that I've come to realize I don't know if you guys have ever read the book. Um, I think it's called Five Love Languages. And it basically talks about the fact that all humans have five different ways of showing love and acquiring love. And, you know, what kind of makes them happy. And not just love relationship-wise, but love in the world towards all people. And there's five different ones. There's words of affirmation, um, like uh, giving and getting compliments, words of encouragement, uh, quality time is the second one, meaning they want undivided attention. The third one is receiving gifts, like flowers, chocolates, diamonds, shopping sprees, (laughs) acts of service, which is you like it when people help you. So setting of tables, walking the dog, or, you know, doing just small things around the house without necessarily being asked. And the last one is physical touch. And that doesn't just mean sex. It means touching, um, and hugging and kissing and holding hands and just feeling someone's touch. Now, this is the interesting thing. Most people's love languages are figured out by seeing how they act because most people act out the love language that they need, right? So right off the bat, anyone who knows me would immediately realize that I work off of words of affirmation. And you would know that because if you hang out with me for even just one day, you will hear me compliment and encourage dozens of people and strangers everywhere at Walmart, at Target, at the gas station, um, at work, everywhere. I am constantly encouraging and giving loving uh, compliments or advice to anyone and everyone who will take it. 
Um, I'm very known for complimenting women. If I see a beautiful woman, I will go out of my way. I will go the opposite direction and, you know, walking just to confront her and tell her that she looks amazing that day. Um, the other thing that I, uh, need is physical touch. So hugging and holding hands and just feeling like, you know, a a hand on my back or a hand on my shoulder is so meaningful to me that if it's done by the right person, it could honestly bring me to tears. And even just talking about it right now and thinking of my dad, for instance, just putting his hand on my shoulder brings me to tears because that is how I, um, that's how I relate. So my dad, more than likely, not necessarily, but more than likely, um, his love language would be acts of service. Now I'm not a hundred percent with that, but the reason I'm saying that is because my dad, the entire time we were growing up was constantly doing things around the house and making it better and, and, and creating things and building things and, uh, doing the yard work and breaking down walls and building, you know, extensions onto the house. And he turned a whole patio into a room and he extended the patio with bricks and he had an amazing green thumb. And the, the reading this book, I just read this book a few years ago, maybe two or three years ago. And I had had this epiphany about um, changing my future by altering my past thoughts when I was 30 years old. Between 28 and 30 years old is when I really started to educate myself in this manner. Um, And I, I grew to realize that the reason that I was holding on to the story that my dad was so mean was because I work off of words of affirmation. So when somebody is mad at me, when somebody is disappointed in me, it's more than just a disappointment. It's like a, a dagger to the heart. It, because that is how I speak. I am constantly searching for compliments and searching for words of encouragement. And my parents will attest to this because I was always known in my house as being a person that did a hundred percent. I would go above and beyond at chores, at cleaning, at organizing in order to receive a compliment, a pat on the back, a good job, anything of the sorts, because I, I feed off of and live off of words of affirmation. Now, the problem with this is when I get negative feedback, it is like death for me. It's so traumatic for me. And I realize this is not my dad's fault. This is my fault. You know, I need to learn to separate myself from words because I hold too much weight on words. Um, so the, the interesting thing about this is 
now that I've educated myself on how I am actually the, um, I don't want to say that it's my fault because it's not necessarily my fault. It's just, that's just things that my dad did. He didn't do it all the time, but for me, it was just a big deal. But when I look back at the five love languages and the acts of service, my dad showed so much love towards his family. It's unbelievable. He he built, he painted, he he scraped, he my room in the last house that we lived in, he tore down an entire laundry room. He put a hole in a wall so I could have my own bathroom. He closed up a portion of our living room to extend my bedroom. I got to paint it where he tiled, he carpeted or tiled, he put dividers, he built me a beautiful closet. I got to paint it whatever color I wanted to paint it in. He gave me a um, a mirror that like went into the wall for all of my makeup and my goodies and, um, and, and constantly, not just even that, you know, he, he, um, finished basements. He turned a two and a half car garage into a huge playroom for us. Our yard was always beautiful and it was mowed and it was, all the bushes were trimmed and he would make these my mom and him would build these magnificent gardens of trees and flowers. And one of the houses, he even built like a little bridge over a little pond um, off of a patio. See, my dad was showing 1,000% of love through acts of service. And when I was younger, all the way up until my 20s, I never viewed that as love. I just viewed that as that's just something that my dad did. But that wasn't just something that my dad did. See, that is something that my dad was doing to show his love because that is how he speaks. Just like I speak through words of affirmation to the people around me and to my family. And just like I touch a lot, I'm always hugging. I'm always putting my arms around somebody. I'm always holding hands. I'm very affectionate. I'm a very affectionate person. And now that I have come to the realization of all of this, I have now successfully been able to clear up all of the anger and all of the, the victim feelings that I was feeling from when I was younger about how I wasn't treated right, about how... Um, you know, it was so bad and it was so sad and, um, you know, he was always so angry, but see, that's just the little tiny things that I decided to pull out. You know, I was negating the fact that we used to have huge slumber parties and my dad would help barbecue. My dad would help with the pinata and my dad would help with the, with the jumping beanbag thingies. Um, and he'd have like 20 girls in the house and every year we did this. And my dad was totally down with it. My dad was out there and he was helping and he was assisting and, 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 you know, my mom would have a bunch of the moms come over, you know, in order to help watch and, you know, make sure that we were, you know, helped and whatever, cause we were young girls. But for like 
seven years in a row or 10 years in a row or something crazy. We had a huge slumber party every year with all girls. And my dad was so helpful. He did so much. That was such a joyous time in my life. But for some reason, I like forgot. You know, I forgot. But see, this was acts of service again. He was doing things, doing things to show his love. Not necessarily saying things, not necessarily touching, not necessarily giving gifts. But he was doing things by using acts of service. So I encourage you to really, really look back at things that have happened in your life, whether it's past relationship, whether it's your parents, whether it's, um, you know, somebody told you you were dressed in a poop outfit because you were wearing all brown every single day. Um, You know, now that necessarily I can't dissect, but a lot of times we harbor things and we hold on to things and we create stories in our life for one reason or another. You know, like I created the fact that these people were totally making fun of me in my head. I don't even know. It might have just been a comment that just fell out of her head because she noticed that I was wearing it again. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe it was innocent. Maybe there was never any comments. But I created this whole story in my head that made me feel little and made me feel small and made me feel self-conscious, you know, made me feel like a victim. And that's really something that I have, I have been working on so much. And now that I have the, the, the education, right? It's all about educating yourself. See, if I never would have read, if I never would have researched, if I never would have dove in, if I never would have taken seminars, I would still be in that mindset of feeling bad, of feeling sorry, of feeling, um, you know, just like stuck, you know, my life is the way it was because of my childhood, because I was beat down mentally because, but see, none of that happened. It was just my dad spoke loud and harshly. That's all it was. But my dad probably yelled just as much as any other dad. All dads get mad at their kids. But see, I'm just overly sensitive to that because my love language is words of affirmation. So when I'm getting, first of all, when I'm not getting words of affirmation, I'm not happy. (laughs) But when I'm getting negative words, that's like killing me, you know? So it's been a huge, huge turnaround for myself and something that I am so grateful that I have learned. Like I'm totally fine. I'm going to start crying now (laughs) and I'm strong and I'm grateful for the life that he provided. You know, he worked so hard. Both of my parents worked so hard um, and they provided a beautiful life for us. Like all three of us kids had everything. We had an amazing house. We had tons of toys. We had beautiful dinners every day. Um, we had beautiful dresses and school clothes. Um, you know, we weren't rich, but we were just 
we, we were so taken care of. We were above and beyond taken care of. And I am so grateful now more so than I ever would have been or ever was before, um, you know, I really understood how my mind works, you know, and how everyone's mind works. I got to realize why I was thinking he was so mean, right? Because I work of, work off of words of affirmation. And then at the same time, I got to realize how much love he was showing because I realized that the, one of the five love languages was, um, you know, acts of kindness. So I got to see a side of him that I never really thought about before. It was, it's really been a huge, huge turning point for me. So, you know, the, the future is unknown, right? But it's completely dependent upon our past, our past influences, our conditioning, our ideas, thoughts, decisions. There's a million things that dictate and decide our future. Your future is set in stone unless you decide to change the stone. If you take the time to dissect the past, that is when you'll be able to change the future. They go hand in hand. You can't change the future without looking into your past. So you have to learn to realize how your past is affecting your future. So since I was able to completely, literally completely do a 180 on my thought process of how I viewed my childhood, I have been able to release so much anxiety, so much hate, so much frustration, so much poor me or woe is me thoughts. And I have become, it's been such a weight lifted off of my shoulders, honestly. And it feels good. Um, and it has also helped me even just in my relationships with being able to dissect and being able to um, kind of realize a pattern, right? A pattern of people, a pattern of personalities. And I'm always learning. I'm still adjusting and I'm always learning on... Um, following a path that's, that's good for me and that works for me. And it's taking time, right? I'm still single. I'm 35 years old. I've been in many long relationships and I've been engaged and I just, you know, I'm really digging in. I'm really digging in and just trying to figure myself out. And I've stopped feeling as if I need to rush you know, what's the rush? Why are we always rushing around? If you really think about it, I mean, by the time you're 18 years old, these kids that are getting married at 21, 22, 19, 
I mean, you've been an adult for like three years and you know who your soulmate is. I mean, honestly, you know, I'm trying to take some time to really get to know myself. See, all of this educating that I did has helped me. I am so grateful. I'm so grateful for the fact that I have an open mind. I'm so grateful for the fact that I don't live in a box. I feel as if I would have been miserable. I feel as if I would be a zombie right now if it weren't for continuing continuing my education, continuing to listen to podcasts like this that get you to open your mind and think differently. So, you know, what does the present have to do with anything? The now, right? What about the now? We're talking about the past. We're talking about the future. Well, the present is where we experience the decisions and the residue of the past. It's the only moment we are able to get the rewards or the punishment for past concepts, perceptions, decisions, and choices we've made. And it's the only place where the past or the future can be affected, right? Like right now in the present is when I'm deciding to be okay with my past. And because right now in the present, I'm deciding to be okay with my past, my future is now altered for the better, for the better. So I encourage you to look, right? I'm going to wrap this up. I encourage you to look into your past. I encourage you to look at things maybe that you're disappointed in, things that uh, you're frustrated with, things that you might harbor, things that you're frustrated with, and see if you can find good. See if you can find a life lesson. See, And that's the other thing too. See, I've been able to use this story, this exact story that I just told you. I've been able to use this. And I have been able to encourage other people, especially females, to do the same exact thing. And I cannot tell you the backlash of love that they have gotten because they have become okay with their past. They have decided to take the time to dissect it. They have taken the time to figure it out. And the amount of excitement, the amount of, what word am I looking for? I don't want to say praise because that's not really the word, but gratitude. I think that's kind of the word gratitude that they have for talking to me and for me sharing my story. Right. It's kind of an uncomfortable story. Like it's uncomfortable being like, yeah, I used to think my dad was really mean. It's uncomfortable and it is uncomfortable for my dad, you know, and now he knows that I just told a podcast, but see our story has helped probably a dozen other families. I guarantee it. Because I have told people this story, I have cried about this story, and I have impacted other families tremendously. 
I have gotten phone calls. I have gotten letters saying, thank you so much. I have fixed the relationship with my mom. I have fixed the relationship with my sister. I have fixed the relationship with my dad because I wasn't reading them correctly because they weren't reading me correctly. And that's what it's all about. See, it's all about communicating. You have to communicate. You have to read. You have to educate. And when you do that, so much good happens. So much good happens. So I am, I'm excited for you, honestly. I'm excited for you because I know your brain is thinking. I know you're thinking. I know that you're writing. I know that you're taking mental notes or physical notes. I can feel you becoming excited. I can feel you becoming overjoyed at the thought of being able to lighten your load by figuring out something in your past that has kept you weighed down. So thanks so much for joining me here at Nation of Diamonds. I was your host, Sabrina Victoria. Be sure to follow me here on SoundCloud and check out all my other social media under sabrinavictoria.com. Always healthy, passion-filled content here. I am here to support you in your dreams. Please feel free to reach out to me anytime. I am always willing to hear and guide you to your passion. Do something awesome today. Much love. Thanks for listening. For more awesome spoonfuls of things only Sabrina can get away with saying, visit sabrinavictoria.com. And this is a reminder to follow Sabrina Victoria on Facebook for posts straight to your wall as soon as they happen.